This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Just starting to believe a little bit. Well, Hoylet's got the better of Buxton. Puts it into an area. Keo Zamora! Unbelievable! From the very brink of elimination, Bobby Zamora has surely scored another playoff winner. Hello and welcome to another episode of the W12 podcast. I'm joined today by a usual looking man. Dunk, how you doing, mate? Right, mate. That was a bit of a random introduction. I know, yeah. I'm just I'm so used to seeing you on camera at the moment. I just, you know, just second nature to me now. We've also got a first timer as well. Matt. How are you, Matt? I didn't get a usual looking man though, so I'm un- unusual. Yeah, I'm all right, mate. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. That's all right, mate. You've got a very round head. We were just saying this before we started, didn't we? That you're, you, know, you can wanted... have any different different size heads. I feel like I just need to give everyone a visual of how round your head is. <laughs> it's like the definition. Of a head. Pardon? It's like a definition of a football head, isn't it? It's like a perfect is, yeah. shape. Cheers, cheers lads. <laughs> anyway, uh, right. yeah, cheers. Great episode, and uh, see you next week, boys. <laughs> <laughs> How are we all feeling then after Saturday? Great, great result. Uh, I think it's probably one of the best performances we've had all season. Like, completely, yeah. first half especially, just completely and utterly dominant. You're right. I mean, it was just, I, when I was watching it, I just felt so comfortable. I just didn't feel worried at all that we were going to concede. I thought the defence, I mean, they had um, Wells in, on the left as well, in the midfield. I don't know if you noticed that. I thought that was a bit yeah. odd. You know, you, you play him on the left. I don't know, what, what was the formation that we played? That was interesting, I thought. Well, like it was the back five kind of as normal, wasn't it? But I think Cher gave Cher and Willett that bit of freedom to kind of roam a little bit and go come in, go wide and just kind of stretch the play a bit more. I think we had a bit more fluid, fluidity in the attacking third. Because I think when we had the boy, it turned into a, it turns into a three-four-three, doesn't it? And it it yeah. definitely does when we played Cher and Willock as opposed to Dykes or Bol up there with Cher sort of in in behind. Even though they do, I don't know if you noticed, it's all a bit weird when they play. Like Austin seems to play that cane role and come in, doesn't he, quite a lot, and just sort of get the ball and feed it out. Why Dykes goes Dykes and Chair are the ones that are further forward. Um, you almost lose a bit of uh, what what Charlie Austin's all about, didn't you? Some occasionally when he's dropping so deep. Yeah, you are right. Yeah, yeah, and uh, actually, I think he's a different player this this at this time for me. Austin, he's not so much as a, you know, he was just a goal scorer, and that's pretty pretty much what you got from him. But now he seems to not just be vocally diff- louder, and you know seems to galvanise the team a little bit. You always hear him shouting and, 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 and giving orders around. But he also, like I said, he comes He's like that, comes in like Harry Kane and gets the ball and just sprays it out, tries to, sometimes doesn't come off, 
but you are right, yeah. It takes sometimes he's not in the box, or you just lose that instinct, goal scoring instinct in the box, don't you? Especially when Dykes is there. Yeah, Austin, yeah, Austin loves he, that forty-yard like cross-field ball only to Kane. He does not need to Kane. It's like this <laughs> thing, isn't it? The problem is he's never on the end of Kane's cross. It's always one of the other boys that's in there trying to get on the end of it when you need uh, Charlie in there. Yeah, oh, can you imagine Dykes doing a forty-yard pass to Kane and Austin <laughs> being in? The, it just wouldn't happen, would it? Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought, chair scored a header. I mean, what's yeah, that can, about? We, can we just can we just like take a moment to appreciate the fact that the smallest player on the pitch scored a header from a forty-yard cross? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's a great finish as well. Great cross. I mean, I've got to say, the, the cross was unbelievable. Actually, um, he's clearly been working. Working and it's crossing, yeah. hasn't it? It's obvious because it's slowly getting better. Um, and I know, Cleggy, you, uh, Matt, your you, your view on Kane is is a bit different, probably to mine. But he, he does have that that bit of class in him sometimes, doesn't he? The problem with Kane, mate, is where obviously where he's come from. He's come from Chelsea, so there's that that issue that I've still got with him. And every, every week he's just chipping down. The, the barrier a little bit just making me like him a little bit more I, I want <laughs> to hate him but like every game he'll, he'll pull off one or two like brilliant crosses he'll frustrate you for the rest of it but one or two real decent crosses and if you've got someone decent on the end of it um, it's real you know open goal chance most of the time we've stopped him from defending like he just doesn't defend anymore he's never in a not that I can think of especially recently I don't know if you've noticed, Dickie sort of covers that whole right-hand side of the defence. Like, literally, the winger when the winger is running down, he's normally up against Dickie now, not Kane. So Kane's just sort of, is like a right midfielder, if that makes sense. He sort of splits, yeah. they sort of split it down there. But, but that's great, that's what I think. The less he defends, the better for me. I think we used to have a little special mention as well for Wallace and how well he's done since coming back into the team. Like, on that left-hand side, he's, he's just... Like, he's, he, like, he doesn't do anything spectacular, but he just does all the, like, normal kind of... the. He's like a 6 out of 10 performance each week, which is kind of what you need. Boys, what about this shout? He's a, he's a little bit of a Clint Hill. Just every, every yeah. week gives you gives you what you need every week. Yeah. He's never going to get man in a match. He's never going to get, you know, 20 assists a year. He's just going to plod along and, and, and do his job. Yeah. And, and again, it's a bit like Kane. He, just, he doesn't have to defend as much as he does in a four, which, again, is which I think is a positive because it means it, it, it means he can get forward because he does get forward, doesn't he? He's not afraid to get yeah. forward and, and, um, and, and join the attack. He did it three or four times. I don't know if you noticed this, but he always looks like he's falling over. Like, always. Like, it can <laughs> like, be, it's like he's a crab. It's like he's running he's like a he... Strange running style, hasn't he? Like he's sprinting oh, downhill. Yeah. Like, it's just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like he's, he's always going too fast that his legs can't keep up he's just kind of stuttering forward. No, but you're right. He has been playing really well, actually. Um, and he's had, he's had some tough opponents on that wing as well. If you look at the teams that we've beaten recently, and he's, he hasn't put in too much wrong. Um, like I said, we keep him out of the box as well. I mean, actually, the Barnsley goal, I don't know if you watch it, he lost his man for that goal. That was a bit frustrating. But no, overall, yeah, I agree. He's, he's been... He's been one of our better players and he had a good game on Saturday as well. Um, how, how much do you reckon this is related to having a, a keeper that they trust? So you've got the three at the back, the two on the two on the wing, but you've got a keeper now that you know can trust and, and distributes the ball much better. Do you think that's played a part of it? 100%. Massively. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm, I was never a, a defender. So I, you know, probably one. <laughs> I can vouch for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, but I can imagine that if you've got someone like him behind you, and he is colossal, isn't he? Like I don't know why. I don't know how tall he is, but he he looks massive, doesn't he? Whenever you see him, not just like he just looks stocky and tall. And if he's running at you trying to get the ball, even as an attacker, you're going to be thinking twice, aren't you? Yeah. Well, it's like last season. Sometimes you know some of the lads are worried about knocking the ball back to, to the keeper or playing that easy pass back. Whereas now, I think they just feel so confident that if they knock the ball back, we're still going to keep it. It's not going to be either lumped straight out for a throw in or straight up, you know, straight up top. We can actually keep the ball and build a little bit more. Yeah, agree. I mean, you know, I think Lumley was better with his feet, but because Lumley was good, wasn't he, with his feet? Uh, as in confidence-wise and he would 
spray pass, but he, he would just do it. He, I think it was more with him. His, he was confidence is shot to pieces. He just made poor decisions. And, you know, like Seni, he'll get it. And if it doesn't look like it's a pass, he'll just hoof it up. He's got no problem doing yeah. that. Whereas Joe would always look for the pass. Always look for the pass. Always. And I don't know if that's what was installed in him or... But, you know, I suppose you've got to have that now to know when the dangers just get rid. Um, but said he's, but he was going to struggle to keep hold of him this summer, I think. I don't know. He's got a few years left in his contract, hasn't he? We're not desperate for cash because we've still got some of the easy money. So I don't think we're in a position where we have to sell unless it's for the offer we want. True. Yeah. True. I just think that there's already been some clubs after him, but they... Yeah, I, I know like a few clubs like was it um, Arsenal, Palace have been linked, but like they've all got established goalkeepers. I can't see where he's going to go necessarily. Like, does he want to sit on a bench when he's playing first team football when he's been kind of loaned out for the last couple of years? He's probably loving the fact he's actually just getting a run of games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I think he's, he's probably he's probably been our player of the year this player of the season so far, without doubt. Um, I, mean, I don't know. When we were... I reckon Dickie's catching him up now, mate. Do you? Dickie, Dickie's just getting better and better each week. Like he had a bit of a shaky start like when he was adjusting to He's the, just like really step good up to the league. Isn't he? Yeah. Like I think this, at the end of the season, it's going to be a tight one between them two, the player of the year. Matt, what's your view on, on Dickie? Do you know? Do you know what? All, all those the, the three lads in the in the back three now. I mean, I didn't I didn't see their game on Saturday. I've, I've just watched the highlights, but so I don't know what the new lads like. The uh, Vice, I haven't, I haven't seen him uh, sort of play. But so far this season, I, I think the big change for me is that how confident they are on the ball. And we don't we're not lumping the ball. We're not sort of scared of, of taking the ball sort of back in in the defence. Whereas uh, at times, either last season and early this season, I'm always worried that we're just going to lose that ball in that dangerous area in our sort of final third. Whereas now, I think, you know, they're, they're a lot more confident because they've got a you know, decent keeper behind them. And, uh, yeah, they, we seem to keep the ball a lot better from the back out. I, I think Dickie's a better football player than someone like Grant Hall, um, you know, and... So when he's got it at his feet, and also because of this formation, they're a bit wider, aren't they? So it kind of opens play up a little bit. And you're not so condensed into the middle of the park. Like if you were playing a four, that's where, you know, the four would be, you know, in between the you know, the penalty box. Sort of like that. That's a bit more, when it's out wide, a bit more, you, you know, you're a bit more confident. We spoke about this before and what Cameron does as well for them too. They, they really see the benefit of having him in there. Right, so question How did their advice get on at the weekend? Sorry, well, he did, he did well. That's what I was just about yeah. to say. Like, would you now like take put Cameron back in? Because I thought he was brilliant. And I, I know he obviously came off after 60 minutes because he's not fit. But he was a rock. Like, he literally put his head on everything. Like, he just looks like a fucking monster. Like, I'm, he's the kind of centre-back you wouldn't want to play against. Yeah. He reminds yeah. me a bit of, well, like, um, Big Danny Shitty. Oh God, don't, don't mention, mention him, him with Matt. <laughs> <laughs> he loves him. Loves him. He loves him. Yeah, he d- yeah. It'd be good. I mean, I think he'll bring Cameron back in personally, um, only because I'm not. I'm, you know, I d- he didn't. He, like you said, he came off after 60 minutes. He was done, wasn't he? Like literally, But like, the thing is, like, he hasn't played as he since when it, like he signed for us in January. He's not. That's his first game. But he looked good from like from that performance and like. Bristol City, I know they didn't offer much, really. They were poor, weren't they? They were. I they were really poor. I was expecting a lot more from them, but he did everything he needed to do. Looked good on the ball. I think we looked a bit more nervous when he went off. Yeah, he had a couple of chances, didn't they? Yeah, you know when Osman came because Osman went in there, didn't he? I yeah, Dicky went in the centre, and 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 Osman went out, went outside, but um. No, he did. He did good. He, I was, I was really happy with you know. And like I said, I think, I think, he, I think that Cameron will. I think as the season goes on, he'll come in more and more, and we'll sign him in the summer. I think, and then because there's an option to buy, isn't there? So, we'll, we'll, yeah. and then I think maybe next season the plan is those three, you, you know, your centre backs, and I think possibly we'll get someone else in. 
one thing I wanted to say, then we got, what would we do if the out of contract players? And would what is it? Cameron, Wallace, out of contract, Lumley. What um, would we do with them? Well, Lumley, it's, it's difficult, Lumley, because uh, I don't know if you've been seeing that Liam Kelly's actually been doing really well online up at Motherwell. Yeah. He's actually had some really good performances. So, like, do we just let Lumley go? So, thanks for the years. But, like, does it, I don't know. It's a tricky one. Because him and Kelly are both good. now in it for number two, aren't they? One of them Lumley. I don't think Lumley is, is a loss football-wise. He loves the club. And you see, you know, you see the after-game, like, videos. And all, he's always, like, well into it. He's, you know, wears his heart on the sleeves. Loves the club. But he's, he's had his chances over the years and he's never been consistent, ever. Yeah, he was. He, he had that really good spell, didn't he? Did it, under McLaren, oh, first yeah. sort of four or five months, he was brilliant, wasn't he? But I think defensively, he was brilliant. Too, but he's just, I just think back to all of his mistakes and I think back to all of the, the times I've put my hands in my, my head in my hands and gone, oh God, like... Just the mistakes, the shot stop, the safety. Like, you know, when Dieng lets in a goal, if ever, if I'd ever gone, he should have saved that. I mean, we said that about Lumley. We were saying that regularly, weren't we? Yeah. Um, we always like to hold on to the, the, the players that come through the youth a bit more, don't we? And they're a bit, you know, we QPR through and through, like Matt said. But if he was any other goalie, we would have just, we would have, you know, he wouldn't have been back. Do you know what I mean? We wouldn't be thinking yeah. about it. We'd be like, you know. Uh, but one of them's got to go. I don't know which one it is. I think, I think Lumley's well, a good number two to have, to be fair. But It's just tricky because, well, Lumley either goes for nothing or he might get a fee for Kelly and then offer like Lumley another contract. But without the two of them, who would you rather have come in if like DM was suspended or injured? The thing with Lumley is I think out of the two of them, he'd be more likely to be happy just sat on the bench being a number two. Yeah. Whereas Ke- Kelly might want to go and, and and progress on where he's had a good loan spell. He he wants he, he more likely want a bit more first team chance. That's the yeah. only way I can see us keeping keeping Lumley. Yeah, We've got Joe yeah. uh, Joe Walsh, though, haven't we? So you know yeah, we've got five goalkeepers at the club, haven't we? <laughs> at the moment, um, with Dylan Barnes as well. He's, uh, he's on loan somewhere, isn't he? As well. So yeah, up in Scotland, is he Hibs? I want to say Hibs. Yeah, I don't know if he plays. I don't think he does, but I think I think he'll be gone in the summer. And I think one of Lovely and Kelly will be gone, if not both. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they both left because I think that Kelly is quite highly thought of in Scotland, isn't he? Uh, I think uh, he, he, Barnes, he could get a move. Dylan Barnes is on loan at Burton Albion. Burton, that's it. Yeah, he was at he was at Hibs, and then he's come back and gone to um, Burton. Yeah, I just think Lumley personally should, for his own sake as well, want to move on. And you know, he could be a good league, league one, league two goalie, really good. You know, and then who knows? You know, if he has a couple of seasons down there and does really well, so for himself, he should want to do that. I, 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 I feel like he's probably a bit too good to be a not number to be a number two, but not quite good enough to be a championship number one. Yeah, that's how mean. I see him. Uh, what about Jeff Cameron? See now, I'm sure Jeff Jeff offers a lot more than just on the pitch. I'm sure he's a leader off the pitch. You know, we saw we had I don't know if you heard the the him and Austin argument that was on Talksport um, recently, but he definitely gives you. You can hear him on the pitch as well. He definitely gives you that leadership to our experience. But his wages are so high. I think they were highest. Um, like they were one off. And he's already he's 35 now, so there's not much left in the tank. I don't think you watch him every week, and you, he's a foul away from a yellow card or a red card every game. He's, you know, that goal against Barnsley yeah. that we conceded, you know, I mean, it, it, I'm not saying the guy was not slow, but I mean, he was, by the end of it, he was about 10 yards off him. And he sort of started yeah. at the same sort of time. Yeah. So I wouldn't personally, I'd give the wages to Austin, Johansson, yeah. Yeah. Field. Right. Speaking of Field, how good was he, by the way? He was refreshing. The word I'd use. Refreshing. They're very similar, aren't they? I find they that when I watch them play this, they're very like gangly and they'll get their foot in, they'll get an header in. But <laughs> if they get any more than five touches on the ball, it just ends up all over the place. You never know where it's going to end up. Yeah. I feel like um, Don Ball been stagnated a bit recently. Like the last couple of performances, he'd looked knackered. 
I think he needed to come out and have a bit of a break. And I think Field, I ball. I think Field did nothing wrong. I think Field and Johansson worked really, really well together. It's nice just to have some options now, isn't it? It's you know oh. in the in the past you, you lose one player at your first eleven and you're bringing in a kid or someone you know awful. Whereas Field can hold his own. You got the other other lads on the bench that can come on and do a job. I mean, Warbs has got his favourite super subs that he brings on pretty much every every game recently. But it's just nice to have a bit of you know the ability to have a bit of rotation and not feel like you're missing a massive like cog in the cog in the wheel. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, the bench is looking so much better. I remember. I think it was a Fulham game, a couple of games around there where you look at the bench and you were like, what have we got? Well, I don't even know what we've got here. One thing, one, one thing I want to say, I was thinking about yesterday is obviously this change in formation and, and the January signings have really changed. I mean, if you think from January to now, we're in playoff form. I think it's just over two points a game. That, 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 that's not over a, a few weeks or a month. That's three months now that we've been, nearly three months that we've been on really, really good playoff form. Right, yeah. Well, how did it get so wrong? Is it is it the for is it is it the formation and the new signings? Is that is that what solely has made this change? I think when you have someone like Austin who comes in and he's naturally confident, even if he's not scoring and he's on a barren run, he's still confident. Where I think Dykes come into a new league, started all right at those few penalties, then he hasn't scored since November, but. Like, yeah, it's got to affect you. And obviously, Warburton said about the fans' abuse has been affecting him. Like, obviously, they said after with uh, Maka that he'd had some family like stuff going on, hadn't he? Like, his, his sister had died or something. Mm. Yeah. So, like, that's, that's going to affect you no matter who you are. So, I think it might have been a combination of a few things all at the same time. It's worrying to think if we go on, go on, Matt. I was just going to say, I think Wolves has gone out and got the right players, isn't he, for, for, for a change. We normally buy a load of dubs, but we've gone out and bought players that are actually fitting in the first team or making the squad better. In the past, we seem to have gone out and bought youngsters who, who aren't ready or, you know, I know we've bought a few players that are sort of coming back from injury this time around, but this time it, it seems to have actually bought players for certain jobs within the team. I think we were trying so hard to keep bright in the team for the first six months of this season, first few months. We were, you know, think that we were playing wide. We'd play the four, one, three, one. You know, Bright would always be playing. It'd fit him in somewhere. And I didn't think that helped us. And he, he was, he, his head wasn't in the game, was it? You know, he had a couple of good games or a couple of good moments. But, you know, so I, I always, I think that was, that was a bit of a problem. And, yeah, I mean the four, the, but I actually thought defensively we've been pretty good all season. It's more, yeah, it's more we couldn't score the amount of goals we scored last season, um, which you know we've and Johansson is just oh, what a player. I love him. Even though he's full yeah, of, I mean, I mean he, he's he's done I've, right. I've just, I, do you know what I'm doing now? I'm finding myself <laughs> wanting Fulham to win football matches because I want them to stay up, so, so that we they can sign him. Yeah, so we can sign him because he's that good and. You know, it, oh, I just think we've missed a player like that. It's like an Ali Forland. That's who, what type of player he is. Yeah. Ali Forland. He'll get stuck in. He'll spread a ball. Um, he's just majestic. He just goes around the pitch and he, you know, and he's just doesn't cause a fuss, does he? He's never like he just gets on with it. Lovely, he did a couple of lovely passes on Saturday. It was just so yeah. We've got to do everything we can in this summer. This is the problem with QPR as well. We're so we're much better at getting loans than we are signing anyone. Well, I was going to say like. The last two summers, I think it's something like we've lost about 25 players over the last two summers. That's massive. Like we haven't got the clout to keep hold of these players anymore, have we? That's right. the problem. If, if, That's exactly it, Matt. You know, we get these players in on loan, you know, and they do well. And then other clubs will just come in and just outbid. You know, I think just a few like Wells, uh, Hugo. Um, it's happened a few times over the years where we get, get a player in on loan. He does well. And this is the problem with Austin and Johansson now is that the whole championship's going to want him next season. Yeah. We're just, we just had a little shopping window, don't we, for, for these, these these players to come in. They know that we're high profile enough for them to stand out and their yeah. name to be, be put about there. Um, but we're not big enough anymore that we can keep hold of them. No. I mean, no. And... and I think the championship's getting a bit closer financially than it ever has. So we might not, I mean, it might be easier this summer than it probably ever has. Because I think, 
a lot of clubs are going to need tighten. Some of these big clubs that are spending money can't do it anymore. Um, and I actually think we're in a better financial position than a lot of championship clubs. So we might be in a better position. And you'd think, you know, Johansson from Fulham lives in West London. That'll be a big draw for him to stay. Austin, you'd think that Austin would want to play in front of the fans again, wouldn't you? That would be a massive motivator. It seems like it'd be a big motivator for him to stay. I've seen something online and it says that we've already agreed with West um, West Brom to get Austin in the summer and he's going to sign a two-year deal and then with an option to become a coach. Oh, nice. But he's out of contract though, isn't he? And what, yeah. What, what, I, mean, I, I reckon that we reckon West Brom are going to let him go for free. They're not interested in him. They don't want him. And they're going to, he's going to sign a two-year deal and then with an option to do his, um, his coaching with us as well. That's what I've seen the floating around online. Whether or not there's any truth in it, you don't know. But if well, it you're is, his missus and his family, mate, where, where are you going to want to live? In West London or on the on the suburbs of London? Or bloody up there? It's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, give him the captain. Cameron could move on. Give him the captain's armband as well as a sort of sweetener. Um, and, and get him in, mate. And even if he can't play 90 minutes every week, you know him coming off the bench or him even just playing 65 minutes offers us so much more um, Johansson we've got to get him I like Field we need to get him and um, De Vils as well let's get him as well I know we've got an option to buy him as well haven't we yeah him and Field we've already got the option to buy so those you'd think as long as they impress they'll, they'll get done like with, with Austin I'm a bit of a fanboy of Austin because I, you know, I love what he did for us before but He's made such a massive difference. I don't think we've ever had a player come in and make as big a difference as he has. Apart from, you know, you go back to, I can't remember when we signed Carl Walker with his mid-season or from the beginning or, or, or what have you, but he's made a massive difference to me. And if we can keep hold of him and then let him play that sort of number 10 link-up role with a proper striker in front of him, it would be lethal. Yeah, I agree. He's made so much difference. It's just on and off the pitch. It just seems to have we just seem to have got a bit about us now, don't we? A bit of um, like even even decisions, you can hear him shouting like you know that thing with Brentford when he's arguing with the bench. You know that you know the, the Brentford manager they had a big argument. You want that? That's what I want to see. I want yeah, someone yeah. to go over and show a bit of bloody pride and you know we have we've missed that massively. Well, we're winning games. Years. We're winning games in the last few minutes of, of of matches now, and we've we we've never done that. We've always been sort of ahead and sort of holding on or what have you. But yeah, now we, right, yeah. we've got that fight back. And I think he drives a lot of that. Well, just the thing that, you know, like I mentioned earlier about Cameron and Austin are arguing in the, in the, um, after the game. I mean, that's what you want to see, isn't it? Players, you know, you haven't scored enough. No, you haven't defended right. Well, that's that's what you need, you know. I know it turned into a joke, but if you had some <laughs> just popping up and going, oh, I should have scored that, my fault. You know, and he should have. But that, that, in another way, shows like leadership qualities to be able to diffuse the situation. Like him just saying, like he's, he's experienced enough to go. Do you know what, lads? We all know it was my fault. If I buried that, we were yeah. tuning up. Game's done. Like it takes like a man to make that to admit that. Like a lot of players would be like, well, like, yeah, let him argue it out. But he stepped up and was like, look, lads, it was my fault. And it's like diffuse situation. Yeah, you yeah. want to sit up to some extent. I mean, they're probably two of the biggest characters in our team. And you don't want it going too far, but like like you said, said that, it's, good, it? it's good to it's good to see it, but get it nipped in the bud nice and nice and quick. Which it sounds like it has been. I saw something interesting as well on, on, on online. It was around Willock and around I mean I thought Willock had a good game actually, but it's he doesn't it does he fit in this formation? He may he, I mean obviously, you know, he prefers to play wide, but he seems to be much better off the bench. I'm wondering whether he's just one of those players that I'm hope not because I do like him, but whether he, you know, he's much more effective when he after sort of 60 minutes of a game because he's got that pace and impact. He has he is a bit powerful as well. Don't know what you thought, thought of that. Well, I thought him and Chair looked up really well yesterday. I think like they gave a lot of movement, like interchanging the passes. They both kind of had a little bit of freedom to kind of change positions and go wide, come narrow, like go up with Charlie, come off from Charlie. I think I don't know, it, it's tricky because if he doesn't start, then we're back to playing Dykes or, Dykes or Bond up front with, with Charlie and then 
him coming on as a sub. But you think how we, like I felt yesterday as that formation, or was it just a game? We dominated like the whole match. I felt like we were always in control. Was that because Bristol City were just fucking awful? Or was it actually because our formation and our game plan paid off and it worked? Yeah. I, I think yeah. Willick gives you Willick gives you a hell of a lot more than Dykes does. So I'll, I'll take Willick oh, all day yeah. long over, over Dykes in it if if that is the, the team. It changes the formation a little bit. Of course it does, because you haven't got Dykes just loitering up, up top. But he, he's got a little bit more about him, hasn't he, with it? He's got a little bit On of magic in him. Yeah, he's composed. Like he never seems to be like flustered when he's got the ball. Like he makes things look a bit effortless and a bit easy. Sorry, Ben. Cool, I, I didn't see I didn't see the game Saturday, but did it free Austin up a little bit more? Because I feel, always feel like Austin's trying to do a bit more to make up for what Dykes isn't doing. He wasn't coming as deep as like I said, when Dykes is there. He comes deeper, doesn't he? And then Dyke, I mean, Chair moves up as like a number ten, high number ten, or false number nine actually. And sort of, and then you've got Dykes who who sort of win, try to win all the headers, and it sort of feels like that that didn't happen. It was more Chair and Willick were coming deep, and Austin was a lot more up there, and, and, and they were trying to pick up, you know, play it on the floor with with Chair. And look, we weren't hoofing it anywhere near as much as we did at Barnsley. I don't know what happened to us in that game. We turned think, into just it turned into hoofball, didn't it? I think Barnsley's like constant press. Just I think they just didn't want to be caught on the ball when they just started hitting it long. They're like, I'd rather hit it long than give it away. Oh, they had so much energy, didn't they? They they knew what they were doing coming to coming to play, play us, and they just shut, shut, us, they shut us down. Yeah, they, they were the best come, side I think I've seen this season. Oh, definitely. Um, they were, both both is, home and away. I didn't think we played that well. I didn't think they were brilliant, but they still looked better. I think it was a bit of a I scrappy they game. Really game. Well, mate. I yeah, thought I they thought played they were really well, mate. Best team I've seen players this season. Yeah, the best, well, well, the best like, pressing team I've seen. Dyke, so oh, he's, oh, I just I the thing is, I want to stay positive about him. I really do because I get what you, I get. You know, I said it a few weeks ago on here, but I get what he offers the team because he's a big lump and he'll win a few headers and he'll cause a few problems for the centre backs. But I just feel like a centre back. That's sort of they they didn't mind that. You know what I mean? A lot of centre backs, especially in this league, they're all six foot, seven foot odd. You know, they're massive. Um, it just feels like he's wearing a huge tennis racket on him, and it hits him and it bounces off him, and he's always like, <laughs> like he's always stretching to get it or, he's, or or he could be as comfortable as anything and he's got an easy pass and he'll take a little touch and that touch will just go too far the other way oh, it's just here's one for you Ben right so Matt Smith from a few years back striker Matt Smith yeah. obviously or, yeah. or Dykes who do you have in your squad I'd have oh, Matt Smith all day long I mean you, you know he, what you, all day he oh. did that lump roll a lot better than me yeah. Yes. And that. Yeah. And that's what I mean. They don't want to play against Matt Smith because he he literally is on top of you, really. But with Dykes, I always feel like he's back to goal. Always got his back to goal, and he's sort of trying to. And he's never really in and around the box, is he? He's always oh. too far away from the box to do anything, and I, he's never well, in the right place over, at the right time. If you noticed over the last me. few few weeks, he's missed some sitters where he's been a yard off, like at the back post. He missed one the other the other day. And he's always just seems to be a little bit behind play. He's not sharp enough to, you know, maybe Bond comes in and does that a little bit better. I think he's probably a bit of a sharper player, but You're, he, he just seems Bond. to be behind play. I'm going to put my head on the block here. And I think Dykes is going to come good. I think you've got to look at, um, he's getting in the positions to be like, where he's like um, missing those couple of chances where he's just not quite getting to them. He's making those runs, like against Preston. Yeah, those two good chances because he's made the runs, he's got in the space. I think he's just literally that lacking that little bit of confidence. He just needs to like scuff one in, shin one in, get one to bounce off his fucking ass and go in. Do you know what I mean? I I think he offers a lot to the team, like the like, the stuff you don't necessarily see, like the work rate. I like, just I tell you what, mate, Warburton's I got to like him. Warburton's got to like him to constantly play him. He's got to see something in training that we're not seeing on a game, on like a match day. Well, maybe. Or that we've spent a lot of money on him and we need it to work. 
Because, you know, what is it, two and a half million? That's a lot of money to spend on someone to not play them. Um, I'll t- I tell you what, the biggest, the, how we, how I've judged this is, if I look back to our strikers that we've had over the years, and, and, and Matt sort of, sort of moved that a minute ago, I'd rather have Matt Smith, right? I'd rather have Sebastian Poulter. I'd rather have Connor Washington than Dykes, I think. Would, would you not? Washington? Oh, no, not just, Washington. He, I think they're different players, aren't they? They're very different players, but I don't I think they have a great Washington really. But. One of the things I think we need to take into consideration is that he'd only played what one season, two, like one and a half seasons in the Scottish Prem. Dykes, and then he's moved down to the Championship. It's a, it is a probably like he's going to need time to adjust. Like I know, like Polter came from like the Bundesliga two, but that's probably on par with the Championship on one in some levels. Do you know what I mean? It's only a few hundred miles, Dunk. It's not like he's come from Brazil or anything, mate. <laughs> no, but that's not what I mean. Like the, the, like the, Scottish, Premier, warm, the, Scottish, but... the Scottish Premiership level is fucking awful. Like everyone always says about Rangers and Celtic would be like top table in the Premier League. I don't think they would at all. Like I think we've got to give them a little bit of time to adjust, get used to playing a different league. I think next season. Like next, Charles I think next season would be good. Him. Yeah, you don't have someone like Charlie around him in training and, and, and what have you. That some of that will sort of rub off on him. Yeah, I just think you're, you're bored. I think with, with your striker, so I, I, I mean, being in the right place at the right time is instinctive. It's not something necessarily. It is probably something you can learn, but you still need to have that a bit about you. And you, like Bond's got it. Bond's. I don't know if you noticed, he's always there in the right place. Doesn't always finish him, you know, or he gets cut his lines. But he's always there or thereabouts. But I always think Dykes is. You know, there's a great ball coming, and he's on the other end of the box. And I'm like, why are you there? Like, shouldn't, like, it's just a consistent theme that, I, like, Austin, it's hardly, you know, he's just always in the right place. And obviously, you don't compare them to because they're, you know, miles apart and much more years' experience difference. But I just feel like that. He just, can you learn that? I don't know. He's a bit of a reactor, isn't he? he sort of just reacts to what's going around him rather than working out what's going to happen. He's not like, you know, the old Teddy Sheringham. Like a clever footballer. Hopefully, Dunk. Hopefully, Dunk. You're right, and he does come good because we could do with some more goals from from the team for sure. Well, it's either that, or we need him to like score shit of the goals in the Euros for Scotland and get a big move somewhere. <laughs> Cash in on him. He's good at penalties, though, isn't he? Give him that. So, imagine if he has a massive big Euros, throws. scores like five or six goals. Oh, yeah. well, let's have a chat about where's his long throws. I, I literally couldn't be wise. I never thought I'd be seeing Warburton's team doing long throws. Uh, I just don't know where that came from. I don't know whether he but just made that decision is, himself. Because he's our, he's our lump. Like, he's meant to be on the end of them as well. So, like, <laughs> he's launching a long throw into like Chair and Willock in the middle. <laughs> that's so true, isn't it? Like, that's but, like, imagine big up big Matt Smith going and taking a, a long throw in, like, back in. He's, he's probably looked at him for, like, I'm in trouble here, boys. I need to come up with a niche so like, I, I don't get kicked out of the team. I'll tell you what, I can throw the ball along. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's this, Gaffer? <laughs> I don't reckon he even knew about it. I reckon he's in, in, in game, God. That's not going well. Here. I need to bring something more to the table. And he's gone, oh, yeah, I, I can do long throws. And I reckon he's, he's in the garden after the game, just practicing over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> His neighbours going mad, right. throwing balls back to him. I hope you're right, um, Duncan. But I, 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 I just I can't see enough of it to. Yeah, like I said, my head's on the block. I put it on the block. If it goes wrong, I'll take I'll take all the criticism and all the abuse for saying I think he's going to come good. But I, I'm hoping. I, I see. I think you can see enough. He's getting in the right positions, his work rate's there. I think he just needs that goal just to kick it on. I mean, how is that goal going to come? I mean, he's had a few open goals. Has someone got to kick the ball at him? He's had a few open goals. He's had a few open goals. The one against um, Stoke, it was like a, literally the best last, like, last-ditch tackle you've ever seen. The bloke's like eight foot tall and he got his toe to it just as he was about to kick it. Like, you yeah, can't maybe. help that. And the one against, uh, what was it? Um, the one he missed recently. Oh, it wasn't Barnsley, was it? Well, he missed the one. It was It was Barnsley, yeah. Yeah, it was well, Barnsley. He, yeah. yeah, and it just kind of, the keeper yeah. came out. He just kind of couldn't quite get there. But he's in the area. So he's making those runs. He's getting the chances. What The one at Birmingham as well? You know that one where he missed in the first half? Oh, yeah, he, he should be slotting that away. Oh, 
frustrating. I, I, so, I mean, I, I think it's a confidence thing. I think he's, he's literally his confidence is in his boots. Yeah. Well, I'm good at long, good at long throws, though, isn't he? So, yeah, exactly. Good at long throws and pens. <laughs> He's not even on pens anymore. You'd imagine Charlie will nab them straight off him, wouldn't you? I know. I've been waiting to see that. That's a great question. I thought this the other day. I thought, what, what happens if we get a pen? But we never get any. I don't know what's happened. We just stopped. We got because like we've lost Bright. We haven't, we haven't got Bright to be quick in the box. Yeah. Mad, isn't it? We haven't had a penalty since uh, well, probably like November, oh, so I think what, it was. Well, Dykes Dyke hasn't scored since November, so it must have been them. I think that was the Brentford goal, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, so it's even earlier then. Do you think? Do you think if we hadn't, if we'd have stuck with Bright and not signed those, you know, not signed the four that we signed, and sort of just went with it, and kept Bright? Do you think we'd, we'd, do you think we'd, how in trouble do you think we would have been? Probably the massively. I think I think we would be right in the mix if we hadn't met at the January we had. I think we would be really in trouble. Everyone saw Bright's headed, but on the net. So if we if we kept Bright and he, he didn't really want to play for us. And that sort of that window's gone, and he's just seeing out his seeing out his contract or whatever with us. It's um, yeah, I think we're a much better team now, aren't we? Without him, as good a player as he was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's doing all right though, isn't he? I saw him at Fenerbahce. What a weird club to go to as well. I don't know why. Uh, he's he's yeah. starting. I don't think he's I don't think he's scored yet for him, but he's he is playing for him. If I'm honest, I don't care. I honestly don't care what he's what he's up to out there. <laughs> I hope he's enjoying his kebabs or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> I don't really care what he's up to. His kebabs. <laughs> <laughs> so what? After all, so I think next season, if we can keep, get these four through the door, I think we'll move a couple on. I. I not sure I'd renew any of the contracts that were on the table if I'm honest. I know Wallace has done all right, but I don't, it's another year is, older, isn't it? It depends if we've got money to spend and can get another left back in, or if we're on a shoestring again and we haven't got a lot of money to spend, but we could have pay him wages again. Would you take him for another year? Who Wallace? Yeah. No. <laughs> I wouldn't. No. But I'd say that. I'm, yeah. I mean. He, could he be a good backup? If we get a good left back in, possibly could be a good backup, could not he? But at the moment, him and Nico as a as a collective two to pick from, I just don't think it's good enough. If we, and then this is half the problem with QPR, isn't it? And one thing that it's, it's sort of built in the DNA that we we should be trying to kick on, shouldn't we, every year and trying to improve, but we we never do, and we never actually think like we should be bringing in a left back who's better than Wallace, who's better than Nico, you know. Do you know what I mean? We've lost Ryan Manning. We so we needed a real solid left back. You know, like a dicky sided. Yeah, but I think that's the problem. We're not that. We're, we're selling too many players. We're changing half the team each summer. You can't literally like you have to pick the few key areas, which is why we got Dicky. We needed a centre back, which is why we got Bon and Dykes. We needed centre forwards. Like we have like had a lot of turnover in players the last couple of years, and to be fair. Like Warburton is doing a good job in that regard, that he's had to gel so many bodies in the last couple of summers that we're not as bad as it could have been. I think we've just got to accept that's the sort of team we are now. Until we get a lucky promotion one season where our, our run of form sees us through the end of the season as opposed to right in the middle. Like Les has come out and said, that's the sort of club we're going to be. We build up young players, buy them in young and cheap, build them up, sell them on. That's the sort of club we, we've got to get used to being I think until something yeah but it will go wrong one happens. season and that's the problem it will go wrong one season and we'll get relegated because it won't like like you're saying about that lucky season that could also unlucky season happen where we're in bad form and we always manage to survive it always but it won't we can't you know it will go wrong if we do that and what I guess is frustrating for me is when you say that sort of stuff is I agree actually that yeah we are that sort of club and, and it is you know, but there's not always going to be an Ebrezi and there's not always going to be a Diangle. There's not always going to be someone who's, you know, who we can sell on. One season, I just want to see us go, no, you're not leaving. Let's keep a team together. Let's keep these stars that we've got and let's just give it a go. That's more what I mean. Not going out spending loads of money. I mean, 
taking a risk a little bit and going, no, we're going to reject that £5 million offer, even though that's probably what he's worth. We're going to reject it because we need him and actually replacing him is harder for us and we've proven that. Trying to replace some of these players pr- proves difficult, doesn't it, for, for our recruitment. It's, it's, it's not great, our history. I think so we could be this summer. I think this summer we okay. could be in a situation where we might get offers for Dickie, we might get offers for Jeng. They're both under contract. Like I think this is a summer where we, we will say no. Like we chair has just signed a new deal. Willicks, obviously. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like everyone who is playing well this year is ones that are on good contracts now. So we've got no reason had, to sell. How often have we had a, one? You know, someone come shopping for one of our players, like a big. You know, big name team come come in for one of our players and then not go. Their heads always turn, and within six months. But that's gone. the point. Yeah, I know. I get that. And it's so, a good is, point. is it us trying to keep players, or is it players just not wanting to to, to stay around as long with, as, with us? As long as we're not selling to a rival in the championship. If if they go to the Premier League, they well, go we to, are, aren't we? Do you know what I mean? Ryan Manning's a perfect example. We sold him to. If, if know, we had no option, did we? We it was either let him go for nothing, or get a little bit of money in. Like we, like it, it, we were over the barrel, didn't we? Like he had what a year, six months left on his contract. We had nothing. Like, what could you do? We seem to be over the barrel every summer, though. Every single summer, yeah. the players are yeah. running. Well, like I don't think, but who, whose contract goes out this summer that you would say well, we're desperate to keep? Like everyone's tied down. Yeah. All the main yeah. players. Normally, it'd be someone like Chair or someone like that would yeah. normally be due, wouldn't they? Exactly. Yeah, and now they're not. So I think. <clears throat> Especially for like another championship championship team to come to us and try and buy one of our players, we're going to be like, oh no, like the Premier League. Matter, isn't it? It's not necessarily the fact that their contracts run out next season. It's the summer after. That's always the problem, isn't it? It's always the yeah. next summer because that's when the value is. Because if you've got a eighteen months or a year left of your contract, you can demand a quite a big fee. If it gets lower than that, you're in big trouble. I.e., Bright Manning. You know, you start getting into real problem. If it's 12 months or less, the player then just makes a decision, doesn't he? I want to stay or not, I'll see it out. Yeah. So that's why it's always key that you judge that what's going to happen earlier. You know, we got it wrong with Bright, didn't we? You know, I think. Yeah. And Manning, again, I don't necessarily blame the club for that because he just had a really good, unexpected left back. You know, he turned into Roberto Carlos for a few for a little while, didn't he? And, <laughs> and you know, he, he was he was we didn't expect that he wasn't even in the squad we were going to load him out that summer so yeah. you can kind of understand why we didn't offer him a new deal but we've sort of got to get ahead of the curve on that a little bit more and just make sure it doesn't happen again um, but what I mean is say a big club comes in for the end five million say the club will be inclined to sell him because it but we need to make sure that we're uh, we're I don't think no, we would have... not... no I, I think, think we would I think as soon as as soon as I think every player's got their price and as soon as someone comes in anywhere close to it, that's just that's just how we are now. Until we get that freak promotion or we get very close and then they think, right, next year we'll, we'll really give it a go. I just don't think we've got the, the bargaining power now to, to keep hold of these players if someone comes in with, you know, market value for them. Are you happy yeah. with that, Matt? Does that, does that feel like the right thing to do? It, it feels safer in terms of Queen's Park Rangers keeping us afloat because we've all had worries over the years, haven't we? Where you know that all these, you know, all the millions of pounds we used to, to spend, and we we're concerned about a club going out of business before it, it's a good business um, sort of way we're doing it. It doesn't look great on the pitch, and every season as a supporter, you get frustrated with it. But behind the scenes, if we're financially stable at least, which we haven't been for so many years. Maybe it is the way we need to be and just accept it. Yeah, it just frustrates me a little bit. I always feel like one season it's either going to go real wrong or you're right, it could go right. One season it could all click. But I just think there's always just as much chance as it going wrong. I just think one season we would just go, no, look, we're not going to sell anyone and we're going to get in a couple of couple of good, better players maybe, spend a little bit more than we normally would and just risk it a little bit I don't know I always think the yeah. championship these days, like this season I always think it's there for the taking a little bit maybe not this season it's a bit free a bit but do you know what I mean like it's not like you're, it's not like the Premier League top six is just completely you know we're never going to do it. it it is achievable we've seen we've beaten after most of the top six haven't we yeah we play better yeah against the bigger teams but but what you know where do we spend our money this summer on, on most of it went on Dykes didn't it I think he was our biggest player that we brought in 
and that hasn't I really we spent, that's not really paid yeah. off, is it? We like, like I think you said that we get the next instalment of easy, don't we? Every summer for the next few seasons, that yeah. that keeps us afloat a little bit, doesn't it? I think it's three or four million every every summer. Yeah, um, you think um, it was uh, Dicky was our biggest expenditure. He was two point seven mil, or just over two and a half mil. Was he? Didn't know yeah. he was that much. I think that's that's the I think that's the total price of the deal. I don't know how much of that was up front instalments. But uh, the overall price of the Dickie deal was 2.7-ish. And the um, Dykes and Bomb were about 2 million each. So, like, and you have to say, Dickie, the Dickie deal is literally going to prove to be a bargain because if we sell Dickie, it's going to be for 10 million probably. Oh, he's, he's destined. He's, he is destined. For, it's a bit like easy with him, I think. I'm starting to feel like that. Feel like it's inevitable that I someone's think- going to... And this is the problem. He is inevitable, so... From, we're going to get to a point soon where we're going to, he's going to be really good. We're going to have the best centre back in the league, right? And then when we go again that season, they'll be gone in the summer. Do you know what I mean? When when that yeah. happens, it, but we, have, like, we can't keep hold of these players. You think this summer the club should extend his contract and say, "Look, you've had a really good breakout season. We'll up your wages by a couple of grand a week. Sign the next couple of years, and then when a club does come in for him, we won't be able to get shafted, and we will get the money he's worth." And like that's it's like, like, we are a club that's in the championship, and that is how most championship clubs run. You sell your best assets and then rebuild, unless you get promoted. It's, it's like Eze in the summer. It took us until pretty much now to find a way of us playing well. You know, three months ago we were probably looking down the table a little bit. Um, it took until that that um, Christmas window for us to actually bring some players in and us feel settled. Um, and uh, the worry is, like every single season, if we're losing our best players, it's going to take us six months to, to even get to a team that feel comfortable together. And then the season's gone by then. I think and then you're in, that, you're in that summer and then they go. These group players that, that, that perform really well, like Dickie, um, Diang, it's not going to take long for clubs to want to come in for them. You know? and, and by that point, you're then building again and you're rebuilding again and you're just constantly rebuilding. I think as long as we're only losing and like our changing over of like I said earlier, we've, like the last couple of years, we've like twenty five players have come and gone. Like hopefully next summer, if we let a couple of players go from like the contracts that expire, that's like fine. We get a couple of players in. If it's only like four or five either way, then that's manageable, isn't it? And it's not going to affect the, the team as much as it has the last couple of summers, where it's been fourteen, fifteen in each summer. The problem is we lose our top goal scorer every season, don't we? I think, you know, there's a fact yeah. going back for, for the last few seasons, we've lost our top goal scorer every transfer window. And that's so difficult. It's not like losing a you know defensive midfielder that's doing a job, but, you know, they're not scoring the goals. We're losing, you know, real key team members every single, every single transfer window. And yeah. I think, yeah. you know, going back, I think that's just how we do business now. Which is a shame, but we're a bit of a shop window for these players now. And I'll, I'll just see that. Which is frustrating, isn't it? It's a frustration. It's a frustrating way of looking at. You know, we shouldn't. It's just a bit but, frustrating. I tell you right, what. Would you rather? You would you rather go back to Briatore days, where we're just open checkbook signing everyone we want, and and bringing in all these mercenaries, or would you rather have a team where we're building our own talent, selling it on, building, selling it? What, what do you prefer? You, I prefer the, the second one, agreed. But I just think that that model, it, it, as as good as it can be, it can also not be, and it can. Before you know it, you're you know you're relegated, and, and, and that model has to completely change, or you end up just selling. You end up having having this mentality that we have, where players get to a point where they know they're good enough, they'll just leave. There's no ambition for them to stay because you know, like players like Brentford and teams like Brentford and Bristol City and. and, and there's a lot of Swansea players don't want to leave them because they know the ambitions there from the club and they know that they're going to give it a good go and they could get promoted. But with us, it's that we're going to be mid table. Yeah. Do I really want to stay and be a mid table? If they knew that, that that we could have a real go at the playoffs this season or go up, it gives them another incentive to stay. And, and we don't have that. And that's those why those clubs are more stable than us, aren't they? That's the reality. Are they? Yeah. What do you think, like Maybe. Brentford, especially our Swansea, are obviously Bristol City are a bit more. Like, obviously, they've got rid of Lee Johnson this year and stuff, like, and that didn't go well. But, like, 
I think that's what I'm saying, that if we can just have, like, okay, we might sell one player this summer, which would be, like, it would be annoying to lose Dickie or Dieng this summer. But if we sold them, the money we would get for them, we wouldn't necessarily then need to be worrying about selling anyone else. And then we could use that money to reinvest in that position and another position and then push on. I think as long as our recruitment each summer is right, then what we will progress. I think we are showing signs that we are progressing. It's just going to take time. To there's, there's, no, there's no quick fix in the championship unless they, the um, like EFL say, look, everyone can spend whatever they want, have a free free pass this summer. You check like you can write whatever checks you want. I think Wolves has got quite lucky actually with with the most recent transfer window because I think his net was on the on the block big time before before they were his signings. Such a bad I run. can't I can't believe they were his signings. I, we already know that Austin wasn't and was a Fernandez deal. Fernandez put that through. He's already Austin's already said it was Fernandez that contacted him and, and made it happen. You know I can't imagine Warburton wanting. You know, obviously he wants Johansson because he's such a good player, but I don't think it was him that sounded him out and and went look. There's, you know, I think he, you know, do you know what I mean? Like Field, yeah, yeah. You know, apparently you Austin said Fernandez and Les Ferdinand to go and do that deal, didn't you? Yeah, they all. So well, I think that he got given these players, and they're good players, and he, and actually we should be better. <laughs> um, it's kind of that is. I got I got something for you then. So I've got a couple of questions. Four, four, five points. To, five questions. So one first question is. Um, Who's your player of the season so far? Second question. Second point is who have you been the most impressed with? Third is who have you been the least impressed with? Warburton new contract, yes or no? And um, where do you think we'll finish at the end of the season? Go on, Matt. Go on, go you, you go. Uh, <laughs> pass it straight across. Right, go on. Start, start again. So, player of the season the so one, far then? for you. Player of the uh, season. Dieng. But who's we been the most impressed with? Um. Could be anyone. Dicky for the whole season. Yeah, Dickie, probably Dicky. Yeah. He's been consistent. What about least? You most disappointed with? It's, I mean, we've said his name a hundred times in this in this episode. This yeah, it's got to be Dykes. After all the the hype, you'd expect him to do a bit better, and he hasn't really. He hasn't done much yet. What about uh, Warburton? Because his contract runs out in the summer. I'm a big believer of just stick with your, your managers, give them a bit of continuity, give them a few transfer windows. And I, I think hopefully if he can keep this team together, he, he could be the man for the job long term, yeah. So you're saying give him a new contract? That's what you're saying? Yeah, you give I him would, a new contract? The thing is, if you don't, someone else comes in, they bring in all their own coaching staff, they bring in a load of new players because they've all got their... You know, certainly the, the, the managers we've get in, we're not going to get a big name in. We're going to get someone around about where we are anyway. Who's going to bring in a load of their players from, like we've we've had from bloody um, yeah. Warb's old teams. Exactly yeah. the same is going to happen, and we're going to have a, at least a year, year and a half building again until we get something a bit more continuity. You know what I mean? Uh, where do you think we'll finish this season? I'd love to say in the playoffs. I reckon we'll finish. Oh, don't say that, Matt. I reckon we'll finish twelfth or thirteenth. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love this run to carry on a little bit longer. Give us a little bit of hope. Dunk, Dunk what about you, mate? Uh, yeah. So, player of the year has got to be um, Dieng, just because he he's been like stand out nearly every game, and he like he's he's kept us in a lot of games as well. Um, most impressed with. You know I'm going to go with, um, actually, I'm going to actually Barbe with how, considering last year he was so hit and miss, he's been excellent this year, especially the last couple of months. Like, so I'm going to say Barbe's impressed me. Um, what was it? Least impressed. Least impressed. You're not, you're not going to say Dykes, are you? No. I, <laughs> uh, it's, like, I'm going to say, can I say Dykes and Bond? Um, but they both they've both like flattered to deceive like they've both not done a lot so I'm gonna say both of them they're both on par but I just think we like everyone's like having a go at Dykes and I think we've got to give him a chance. Um, what about a yes or no contract? If it was t- if it was tomorrow and you had to make the decision, like I've been saying, like, like we've got like, I think we underestimate the fact that how. Manic, the summers have been recently. The transfer, like with the, the amount of um, player turnover, 
I think if we can have a fairly calm summer, only a few bodies in and out, I would say I would give him a chance again to see what he can do with his own squad. Like Matt said, like if we get another manager in, all these players there's gonna be like ins and outs all over again. We haven't got the finances really to you know, like get a manager and say, look, here's 10 million, go and buy like build a team. We're not gonna do that. So we're, we are getting better under Warburton. Okay, we had a bit of a dodgy patch around Christmas, but I would I would give another year at least, yeah. Where do you think we'll finish? If we can keep up the form we've shown since the turn of the year, 10th. Or I think we can mm. have a strong finish this season. I think everything's looking, we're looking a lot better this half of the season. So I'm going to say, yeah, I reckon we can finish 10th. Progress. Yep. I mean, I have to agree with the end. I think Dickie's a close second, Barbe a close third. But I think you know them three have been excellent. Um, I'd probably go with Diang. I think I've been the most impressed with Johansson. Don't know why. I just think he, I, yeah, you know. Yeah, but he's only think... been here a couple of months. Only that's the problem. Like it's hard to say. Yeah. I mean, I'd go with Dicky, but I think you know Johansson for me. I don't know. I just didn't. I didn't think he was as good as he was actually. And I think he's he's been what we've needed in there. Like I said, the old Ali falling role. That, you know, he's got that. I like that. Um, Least impressed with, I mean, yeah, Dykes, you know. It, I've been really disappointed with George Thomas as well a little bit. I don't know why, I just, I don't know. I did, to be honest, I didn't have that high expectations for him, but I thought he'd have played more than, you know, I saw and started to see that he was going to be filling in in the Amos role. I know he's been injured, but, yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen little to nothing of him, have we? And when yeah. we have, it's not been great. Um, will I offer Warbs a contract, yes or no? Oh. I, I was more to say that I, I, I know I resonate to what Matt said. We need some consistency. We need you know changing another manager doesn't work, and he's probably done enough. So if it was tomorrow, he's probably done enough to get one. But I'm still not completely sold on it. I still think that I always think that we should look abroad and do something different and do what Barnsley have done. You know they've got that foreign manager in Reading. You know, and, and they, you know, I always think there's a bit of a um, a myth that you have to be, a, you know, you have to be a Warlock type manager. I've been in the Championship, you have to know it all. You know, I, I don't know. I just don't think that's, I always, I don't know. I don't think that that is always true. You look at someone like Tony Pulis at Sheffield Wednesday, like awful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. And I think, where do I think we'll finish? Uh, 15th, maybe 14th, something like that. Maybe not 16th, <laughs> probably 16th. <16. laughs> Yeah. I'll tell you what's interesting about all three of our answers there. Not even a mention of chair. And you'd you'd think he'd be in there somewhere, wouldn't you? He's our, you know, he's our little golden boy, or or is meant to be coming into this season. What's happened? Have people just outshone him or is he he's just not consistent enough for me? I just think you just need to work on I mean, he, I think that with Ebray and Bright going and him being the main man, that's made it more difficult for him. I think he's a bit of a marks man so to speak. I think that pl- clubs know that if he gets, the, don't give him the ball, if he gets the ball, get on him. You know, whereas yeah. when Eberry and Bright were there, he, he could sort of float about and get a bit more of the ball and he, he, he what? So I don't think that's done him any favours. And I think it will take him a bit of time to get used to that being the case. And he is small and I always find he's better out wide. Personally, I think like when he comes in. in the middle, when he's in the middle, he's around big centre midfielders, centre backs. So I think he gets... I always find it difficult. I always find him better when he's coming in off the wing, cutting in. You got, you got you know, a, little, a little shimmy. A of, and... You got Charlie filling a lot of space that he wants to use as well. If he if he was through the middle, he just yeah. doesn't. He has, he, he's been all right this season. He? He's there's little moments of matchups. Okay. He's not been that standout player that you'd hope for. He's, he's no. Hopefully that goal might right? kick him on. That goal might kick him on. Yeah, he's, you can always tell when he's in the, the mood. Though. Yeah, and you can always tell when he's in the mood. Like, he was good on Saturday, I would say. He was good. He, I mean, again, probably not man of the match, but he was good. But you can tell in a game when he looks up for it. I always find that with him as well. You can always tell. You can tell he drifts yeah. out of games quite quickly and quite often. But I thought Saturday he was much better. And maybe it was the formation, the early goal. Uh, but yeah, Matt, it is interesting, isn't it? Maybe next, I don't know. See what I, I think it's going to take him a season to get used to being that, that main man. 
Mark's man, if you like. You think one of us would mention him somewhere, wouldn't you? Like even most impressed or or least impressed because he hasn't been doing it, but he's just a bit of a nothing. He's had a bit of a nothing season, hasn't he? Well, not not that, yeah. but I think I think certainly my hopes were a lot higher for him, um, thinking he's really going to be that talisman type player that that we lost in Eze. But he hasn't really stepped into those shoes yet. I think he's got like two assists or something like that. One or two assists. I mean, that's yeah, a mad stat. I mean, he creates a lot of chances, doesn't he? That's yeah, probably like Dykes said, like missing. Like we said, yeah, it's Dykes and Bob missing, isn't it? <laughs> Oi, boys, I don't think you're ever going to get Dykes on this podcast. <laughs> Make sure you didn't listen to this one. Yeah. Imagine if, he if comes in like... next week, everyone's like, oh, you've had a really good season, mate. Yeah. <laughs> keep, keep plodding on. We're really going to... <laughs> keep yeah, them throw-ins I mean, going. Yeah. No, we, we, hope, we, hope, we hope he does come good. I do hope he does come good. You know, he's a good lad. He looks like he works hard for the team and, and he, you know, he puts his body on the line. But, he, yeah... It is frustrating when you watch him and he's just not there or he, you know, he just he's just not instinctive enough for me. Like, you know, when Austin just gets those tap-ins, Austin scored about six tap-ins, hasn't he? He's just yeah. always there, isn't he? You know, he, he misses that. But I think Wickham on Tuesday night, we good opportunity to get another win, but it's QPR and <laughs> just nothing <laughs> is guaranteed ever, is it? No. Like, Birmingham haven't lost, lost haven't won a home game for, since... 2002 or something and they you know <laughs> would you have it any other way though no, no. it's what it's what Good. being a Rangers fan's all about isn't it yeah months right. and months of heartache and then just a little glimmer of of joy I'm still living off that player final boys I'm, I'm happy for a few <laughs> more years at least <laughs> that's good enough for me uh, right what's your predictions then Ooh. I reckon 2-0 I've gone 2-0 Matt QPR. Uh, I normally go massive, don't I, on these? So let's go five, two, two hoops. Five, two. Dykes, hat trick. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> <laughs> he gets on the end of one of his own massive throws. <laughs> I'm gonna, I reckon it's going to be, I reckon we're going to do another good performance. I'm going to say 3 0. I think it's going to be a comfortable win. I think we're finding form. I think the little, the little blips gone. I think we're going to be on another run again. Right then. Well, I'll let you get back to your evening, lads. Matt, thanks for coming on. Good yeah, stuff. Good to speak to you, Yeah. We'll, um, we'll get together next week. We're, um, and if you can join us, Matt, that'd be great. I've told you, get Dan, Danny Shitu on and I'm here. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what we can do. See what we can do. All right, see you later, boys. Leave it there then. All right. Later on, boys. Bye-bye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.